Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is F. N-T-S-Y, Dan Strafford, Mike Blewett with you for the next three hours. Can you up to speed on all things sports, all things fantasy sports, some wagering thrown in as well, and we'll cover off on lots of topics over those three hours. We'll talk some NFL, we'll talk about Luis Severino and Aaron Nola and their contracts, Dell Demps fired in the NBA, and so much more to get to, but Mike, I want to hear how you're doing. How was Las Vegas? Well, I, I think I feel and sound a lot better than I did a week ago. I, I just listened to our promo, and I was really under the weather while I was heading out to Vegas, which is a very tough way to start. But uh, all in all, it was good. I was at the, a conference called the National Sports Forum, and there's just a lot of people from teams there and uh, a variety of places around the sports world. So it's good to kind of catch up with people there writers, reporters, a, a, a pretty good mix of people. I stayed at the MGM Grand. Uh, I was there four nights, but my first night out there, as I said, I wasn't really feeling great. And I was a responsible person, and I took a couple of NyQuil uh, and just got a ton of sleep the first night there. It was a Saturday night in Vegas. It was 9 wow. o'clock, and I went to bed. But I really felt that terrible. Um, but I'm leaving out, I'm burying the lead because <sighs> there was some drama in my trip. The first of which is that as I was in the cab heading from McCarran airport to the MGM grand, I reached into my backpack, uh, just to make sure I had everything. And I realized my laptop was not in it. Oh no. So I was like, okay. Uh, where could it be? I didn't work on the plane because I wasn't feeling well. I took a, I took a nap or whatever and watched a movie, and came to realize that I had left my laptop in screening at JFK oh at TSA my. screening. It's Saturday night, so I can't. I call Lost and Found. Nobody's there. Next day Sunday, I call all day. Nobody's there. I call Monday ten times. Somebody finally picks up. It might have even been Tuesday. I can't even remember at this point because I called so many times and I called like three different numbers. Uh-huh. I sent an email and a guy picked up, asked me to describe the item, and they had it. Wow. They had the laptop. So when I got back uh, late Wednesday, I had to drive over to TSA in oh, Queens wow. <laughs> and uh, locate my item. And honestly... They were the friendliest people. You know how you get the rep- TSA gets this reputation at the airports of just being surly and mean, especially in the New York airports, to be frank. <laughs> but I went over there. They couldn't have been friendlier, nicer, or quicker about retaining my, uh, obtaining my laptop. And the guy's like, you know what, because the government shut down, we have about 3,000 items here. So to say that you, he's like, you need to play the lottery because I was like, well, I just got back from Vegas, so I can't play the lottery right. now. But <laughs> uh, they got my laptop. So that was a one big thing. Uh, the second thing that happened is as I arrive home uh, at JFK on Wednesday evening, we got in a little early. It was 5.30 or so. I'm waiting for my – I had to check my bag because I was carrying a whole bunch of stuff, and I wasn't going to be able to get on with, like, four right. items. So – and I normally don't do this, uh, check my bag, because, but I, I wasn't traveling particularly light this time. And as the bag rolls out, or as I'm waiting for the bag to roll out, uh, nothing happens. There's no bag. Oh. 
and then the carousel stops, and there's no oh back. the worst feeling, the worst feeling yeah. in the world. You're right. So this is after I, I currently don't have my laptop. Keep in mind, this is Wednesday. So I currently have not retrieved my laptop. Then I go over to baggage claim. The woman looks it up, and in about two minutes, she's like, yeah, they took the bag off the plane. So it's in Vegas currently. And I'm like, that was a he-. she's like, sometimes they do that for weight balance and whatever. I'm like, the flight was half empty. Why wouldn't a bag be on there? She's like, I, I can't tell you that. So uh, they delivered my bag the next day. So I did get oh. it back. But okay. I, had to, I had to go home from the airport without my laptop and without my luggage. So it was quite an eventful trip on that front. That's where my bad – that's a couple of my bad luck Which items is, that happened. It's just amazing, yeah. Mike, to think that of all the people out there in the world who lose things in Vegas because they're in Vegas, right? Like because they're out all yeah. night. or you, you, just, yeah, of course. you just had the dumb luck of, of leaving things places. Yeah. I mean, it's my fault on the laptop, 100%. I was just like – I was fully on cold medicine, and I had a bunch of other stuff with me. Right. And since my backpack was so heavy – as I picked it up off of the uh, the screener, I just didn't even feel that it was lighter. You yep. know what I mean? Um, so I'd never done that. I've traveled pretty extensively uh, this whole decade for various jobs and, and everything else. And I had never done that. I'd never left anything behind like that. And uh, I, trust me, it was, it was a tough, tough deal there for the first couple of days. But... All is well. I played. I gambled a little bit. I went to a lot of hotels. We can get into the sports books if you want, because I visited yeah. a lot of those. Well, I think I think that's an interesting point. And, and listen, everybody knows you can go to Vegas and bet on sports. It, it's been the way it's been before the the repeal and before the proliferation in New Jersey and and more states coming online. But you sure. said you observed that it was even more prevalent uh in Vegas than before that almost every hotel now had a sports book where before it was very specific hotel that you went to for the sports sports book. Correct. Yeah. Like if, if I went like when I was in Vegas 15 years ago, probably longer, I mean, I, I was in Vegas 15 years ago. So just take that as a benchmark. I remember we stayed at, I remember staying at Mandalay Bay and Mandalay Bay had a big sports book because they obviously have fights there so they they maintain a big sports book and there were others obviously as well but i what i don't remember and this could i could be wrong about this but what i don't remember is every place having a sports book so now any hotel that you walk into every hotel that i walked into and i went to a lot because i walked a strip on one of the nights and i just checked out different places they all had one the Aria, MGM where I stayed, the Flamingo, Bally's, um, this, uh, the Cosmopolitan, which is not even like the, the Cosmo is really trying to draw in women in, in that way. The Aria is sort of like that too, but it, they play to the female population, just the way the place is set up. Nightclubs, nice restaurants, fancy stores, that kind of stuff. Um, the Cosmo had one. I, you know, like I could bet NFL futures at the Cosmo if I wanted. I ended up at the South Point where um, uh, VEASAN is located, the Vegas Sports yep. Stats and Information Network. They are located there. Their studio is right next to the sports book, so it's like on oh, wow. the casino floor. And I was told they had to remove slot machines uh, in order to put that in, which Vegas is not typically yeah. willing to do you don't remove slots come on yeah the guy the guy told me i asked somebody there the guy told me that that was a forty four thousand dollar a month area for them wow just on slots right next to the book because he said t- a lot of times guys will hang out of the book during the day and their lady friend wife girlfriend whomever will sit at those slots and just keep an eye on them to make sure just not losing all his money at the book. So they would just play slots all day. So it was a popular slot area. However, the handle of the book has gone up so much that the casino has been happy with it because people are attracted to that casino more now than ever because they have live programming going on and it's gaining a reputation for being a really good book. Uh, And that the South Point Hotel is at the tip of the strip at the very top of the strip. So it's, it's sort of 
like to give you an example from the MGM, it's a bit of a drive. Like you got to jump in a cab and drive 15 minutes in order to be able to uh, go to that book. But uh, it's a little bit of an old school casino, has a reputation for being a locals casino, but uh, they they do have a lot going on there, and the sports book is legit. So um, I, I was I was kind of impressed, even though it's an old school hotel. Demographic skews a little bit older. Um, yeah, they, their their sports book is certainly live for sure. But you know, I I have a whole bunch of odds. We'll get into it a little bit later in the show. But I grabbed a whole bunch of sheets from the Cosmo, from South Point, from other places on futures for NFL, on MLB futures, college football futures. So we'll get into it throughout the show. Um, and I, it was just good. It was it was good for me to kind of get a sense of what the sports books are like and how they're playing to various people but uh there's no doubt that sports betting is in a bigger place now than ever before including in vegas where it was thought to be the epicenter of all of it even in vegas there's a larger presence of sports books than there ever has been before and that's a, a bit of a lead here with this, just simply because the the growing world that is sports wagering, you see a ton of states introducing legislation and folks who are listening to us across you know, the country are, are going to start having the, the legal opportunity in state to play. You look at a state like New Jersey. I know Mississippi has a casino or two now with sports wagering. And so you're going to see this come online. And it's not that you shouldn't still go to Vegas. Vegas has the, the biggest uh, of the big, but you're going to start to see mobile apps and, and the, the change here. And the reason I bring this up is mainly something that George Kurtz uh, talked about a lot and, and credit to him. And I agree with him. You got to shop around. Uh, you're, you're not just going to one place and saying, this is the place I'm always going to go. Um, it's kind of like saying, well, I'm only going to shop at one supermarket, even though the one down the street has better stuff and is on sale all the time. You, you need to look at the sheets Mike just described and see who has the best odds, who has the most upside, where you can place wagers uh, that give you the best odds. Uh, so it's it's smart to, to make that trip to Vegas and make the... Uh, the walk in, up and down the strip to see what you can get uh, before placing a wager. Now, obviously, if I'll you want to... I'll give you one example yep. specifically on that. Cosmopolitan has the Colts' future. to This is to win the whole thing next year at 18-1. to 1. South Point has them at 10-1. to 1. So yep. the Colts would be one of those teams if you're putting them... If you're putting together who can win the title next year, the Colts would probably be one of the six teams that you'd throw into the ring right now like i think they have a shot they're they're building the team in a in a good way they made the playoffs this year they won a playoff game and if you can get that kind of odd difference you know a a difference of 18 to 1 versus 10 to 1 that's a prime example of why you should shop around yep seeing on a couple of different online sites uh them at 18 to 1 so uh, 18 to 1 makes a whole lot better sense than 10 to 1. So you make that trip, uh, maybe a cab ride, an extra couple of dollars to maybe win a whole lot more. Well, uh, enough more here uh, with the yeah. difference of 10 to 1, 18 to 1. And it's to me, listen, uh, it's the same as fantasy sports for me that you can do the bare minimum, right? Like you, you can get by a lot of the time of by doing the bare minimum and you can uh, make decisions based on a single magazine you buy in January for fantasy baseball, or you can stay on top of the news. You can shop around for projections uh, and rankings and tiers and all the different content that's now available in fantasy baseball and do the extra homework. Um, And that is just life, right? You you do the extra work, you put in the extra time. uh, Typically you open up more opportunity and here it's opportunity to winning higher sums of cash. Now, obviously you look at uh, the Miami Dolphins at 301, you're probably going to find them at 301 everywhere because they're not a good football team. (laughs) That's just going to be the way it is. But um, it it is an intriguing process to compare odds and make sure that you're on top of it. Yeah, you made a good point about the mobile apps. Like, if you're staying in the MGM, you you just download the MGM mobile app. You can just you can place wagers on your app on on your app too. You don't have to walk over to the book uh, if you didn't want to. You could just be sitting in your hotel and doing that. So the last thing, um, so it, you know, obviously, Vegas, you can do anything you want in Vegas. It's just that kind <laughs> of town. But technologically, they are up to par with everybody on on that front. So. Uh, last thing I'll say is I got a chance to go to an event at T-Mobile Arena where the Vegas Golden Knights play. Uh, it was a little bit of a 
cluster getting there. But once we got there, they put on a Vegas-style show like you wouldn't believe. And I've heard they do this before all of their games. There's almost like a medieval times scene with the knight and the opposing team uh, having a knight dressed dressed up and there's like an Excalibur situation, showgirls, drum lines, cheerleaders, like Vegas does everything big. They're the best city in the world at doing things big. And even before we there wasn't even a hockey game that night. So uh, for us to get that style of show in an off night and get a tour of the arena was really cool. So uh, I would highly recommend going to a game there just based off the fact that I went on a night there wasn't a game being played, and it was still a really yep. good show. I will say uh, one of my favorite Twitter followers is Daniel Negranu, who uh, is a big Golden yeah. Knights fan and obviously a big uh, poker player out there. If you, yeah. you want to follow someone on Twitter and get the the sense of how big a deal it is for, for Vegas uh, residents or those who are out there a lot, uh, you can follow him. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one to follow him. We're going to get into some sports on the other side of this. We're going to talk the NBA here in the first hour. Dell Demps let go by the New Orleans Pelicans and, of course, the NBA All-Star Weekend. What to expect in the second half of the season and so much more. Dan Strafford, Mike Blewett with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, FNTSY. We're back with more on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Stratford, Mike Blewett with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're leading up to 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Glad to be with you as you wake up on the West Coast each and every Saturday morning, getting you up to speed on what happened the day before, what's ahead for today, and what's uh, future in the sports landscape. Today we'll talk uh, pretty much across the board, NBA MLB and NFL. Uh, we'll also take a look at some more wagering uh, data later on and some topics therein. Uh, but Mike, wanted to uh, circle back here as we are on All-Star Weekend. Uh, next segment, we'll talk a little bit about what to expect in the second half, teams to watch for, teams that may miss out on the playoffs that we sort of penciled in to be there. Uh, but <laughs> this entire saga in New Orleans needs some some talking about where you had Del Demps play... What's the best analogy? Um, broken-hearted lover, where uh, he he teased out the Los Angeles Lakers because they tampered with Anthony Davis, and he teased them, and he teased them to the point of stories coming out. Brian Windhorst saying on I think NBA Today over on ESPN that he believed and was pretty sure they intentionally dragged their feet and intentionally tried to get in the heads of the young players on the Lakers by sowing some discontent over who would be traded. And then All-Star Weekend comes around, and the Pelicans fire Del Demps. They fire him after all of this, after holding on to him. And then, even better, Mike, they say, well, we're going to keep doing the same thing. We're going to let Anthony Davis play, and then we're going to try to trade him in the offseason because we have a year left on his contract. Have you seen anything this inept from a franchise in a long time? So... We talked about it a little bit last week where some of the offers seemed to be really big for Anthony Davis. Who knows what was actually on the table? Those rumors of the seven players and the six picks seemed excessive. But um, I actually don't – look, if the offers were like that, seven players and six picks, and he just said no because uh, I don't, I don't really want you dictating that to me then that's a bad reason for it. But I don't mind them waiting to get other teams in the mix. The reality was the Celts and the Knicks couldn't really offer what the Lakers were offering then. And it's always better if you have multiple bidders involved. 
So from that perspective, and maybe the owner, Gail Benson, is Tom Benson's widow. Maybe she was like, and she's even said there's a mandate right now that she wants to, quote, take back control from outside forces. So I can appreciate that. You don't get uh, LeBron's agent, who's also Anthony Davis's agent, making demands that you want to be traded immediately and, and listen to him unless the offers are legit. So uh, I, I think the narrative that's out there, to your point, is ridiculous. If he was just saying no because uh, he felt like he was tampered with and wasn't really being legitimate about the offers, then that's childish. And frankly, he's been the GM for nine years. They've won one playoff series, and you can't really – that's not a good track record. Anthony Davis is on the team. You've won one playoff series in nine years. I don't care that you're in the Western Conference. Do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, now he wants to leave because you're so bad. So that's on the GM, period. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, that's a very, very good point that it may not have been the most recent series of events. It That just icing on top of the cake, whatever phrase yeah. you want to use. Last straw. Uh, yeah. for, for last straw, good one, too. Um, that it, it just all came to a head. But it is... It was insane to watch this unfold. And I think all of us said they're going to wait till the offseason. You know, everyone saw that with the Celtics and like there was just too many pieces, as you're saying, that could offer something after the trade deadline. And I do think there's there's an interesting union slash labor slash, you know, players rights process going on in multiple sports right now. Right. So in baseball, we'll talk about that later. You have Machado and Harper and, and the lower deals. And I say, in my opinion, lower deals that Nola and, and Severino have signed. You have uh, in the NFL ongoing debates around uh, labor issues and, and player safety. And then, of course, you have the Kaepernick and uh, Eric Reed grievance that was settled. And now here in the NBA, how much control and how much uh, right does a player have under contract, a contract they've signed, to say, I no longer want to play here. I, you know, sorry, uh, I know I signed a contract. I know I'm getting paid money to be here. But, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. What What's the line? Do, do we as fans need to care about that? Do we need to subscribe to a certain way of doing? Typically, fans do side with the ownership. Just a weird way that things shake out was, when it comes to sports. That's a great point. I, and it's a um, great point. And something that I'm often confused by is yep. that uh, owners or fans often side with the owners. And I, I'm always perplexed by that. You, uh, most people that we are listening to us, are fans that aren't owning their own companies. There's certainly some small business owners out there. I'm sure we have some a few titans of industry out there listening on occasion that are CEOs and understand the owner's perspective. But the reality is... Fans are often going against players in situations where they should be looking for the best possible market available for them and for your jobs. Now, it is complicated in the NBA because you have somewhat mercurial younger people without a lot of life experience, certainly unique experiences compared to me and you and everybody else listening, but um, 22-year-old guys that just feel at that moment that that they're not getting enough shots so they're going to go to the press and demand a trade that's not a good thing for the nba this anthony davis thing isn't a good thing for the nba that it could happen he's obviously going to get traded it just didn't get traded now he'd be traded in a few months and it's because he wants to and i understand his frustration he's turning down some money it's not as much as is reported he's not turning down 70 million dollars that's been reported in certain areas that's not true in the long term he will have turned down some money but it's not 70 million because he can he can sign with a new team then get an extension and will recoup back some of that money that he would not see initially but that's the tough part. Now, on the flip side of things, Blake Griffin signs a, suit, uh, a max extension with the Clippers, and four, four months later, he's in Detroit playing basketball. So how's that right. fair? Right. Yeah, you make you the decision to... Yep, yeah, you make... And listen, um, I, I think uh, sports psychology of it all, and I'm not a psychologist, but you, you uh, 
root for sports and you analyze sports long enough, you start to see some patterns and you hear the, what was it, the Seinfeld joke or Seinfeld line of you root for uh, the, the laundry, the name on the front of the laundry, right? Um, yeah, you root for the that's laundry. Where the owner, yeah, you root for the owner in, in essence there because the owner's always going to be there, right? The owner's going to, well, yeah. hopefully for Knicks fans, it's not forever with Dolan, but like... Uh, you, it's going to be forever. It is going to be three and a half billion dollar asset. He's going to be buried in Madison Square Garden. He's going to be just full on under the court. Um, There it is. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Sean Angle is getting it done. Um, It's amazing to me that we get so hung up on it, though, and so hung up on contracts. We we spend other people's money so well um, as sports fans. Uh, and we worry about, oh, you know, paid him too much or, or we're overpaying Jacoby Ellsbury. How how dare we? Well, the Yankees can. Like, that's something they, they can do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but, but getting back to uh, the Pels and the NBA, what's f- funny is probably the wrong word, Mike, but Anthony Davis left with an injury right before the All-Star break. <laughs> like, the yeah. guy is, he's made of glass. And I know he's played a ton of games uh, when even it seems like he's always injured, but He's always leaving games. He's and the talent is there, but eventually you just have to be like, "Come on, man. Stop stop getting banged up and bruised. Play to your full potential and see what happens." Uh, I mean, you assume he's going up in in LA or Boston, right? Those are the two major destinations. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to I, I think New York is a possibility, but uh yeah, you'd make those other two the leaders for sure. Uh, I just don't know that anybody else has the assets to compete. Um, and you know, you know, Boston's going to have to give up some really good players. <laughs> That's the problem. Yep. Like Jason Tatum probably leaves there. And I, I love Jason Tatum. The problem is he's not Anthony Davis. Um, I do think Jason Tatum's an all-star, like just cons- I think he could consistently be an all-star. Uh, but he won't be Anthony Davis. It's unlikely. So to your point about Anthony Davis leaving games, it is a curious thing. Like he leaves in the first quarter, comes back in the third quarter uh, on a regular basis. It's an odd coaching strategy for Alvin Gentry. But uh, for me, I think that if Anthony Davis, I, I could see Anthony Davis taking himself out of games because he knows this isn't his long-term future. I'm not saying he's jaking it or anything like that, but would you play at a 100 and 10% clip for the Pelicans if you were Anthony Davis right now it seems it seems like it's not something he would do I, I'm not I'm not taking shots at his integrity some people think that might be I'm saying I understand why he wouldn't want to do that right I mean and that all comes back we made the comment last week that if you knew you were being let go by your company you're not sitting there helping them right. turn a profit like you're just you're not like you're, you're maybe, <clears throat> listen maybe you are a, a small percentage of the population that works 100% of the time, no matter what, all things full steam ahead. You know, you have pride and blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't. <laughs> Let me say it that way. I would not. If my company said, hey, Dan, we're letting you go in three weeks, but you're staying on for three weeks, I'd find my best ways to be scarce. I'd find my best ways to get just enough done to get those three weeks of paychecks, and then i move on to my next job. I'd be looking for my next job. And so it's a really intriguing process here. And this is an interesting structure, That's why the corporate well, they just let you go. Here's right. your severance package. You can you'll just give me your your key card, and you're out. Like They don't well, keep and you hanging around unless you're vital. Because it becomes you, you, you poison the well. You know, you're that rotten apple that that makes it worse, and that's what we're going to see with New Orleans. We're going to see a player, a malcontent, who's there for the rest of the season. And here's the thing: this is an intriguing setup in New Orleans. You have to remember, uh, Gail Benson is the owner. Uh, so the Saints are in the mix here, how they manage things. There are advisors to Benson who have nothing to do with basketball, who are advising yes. on basketball. Dell Demps so, is reporting to Saints GM and Pelicans exactly. head of basketball operations, Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis exactly should right. not have anything to do with the Pelicans. It's an absurd setup. Uh, I get that New Orleans is one big happy family and community, but that's a ridiculous setup. It should not should not be the case. The Sixers and the Devils are owned by the same company. They have separate and unique uh, operational people for the playing side of things. Now, the president is the same. The the executives, the president is oversees all of the business operations for both teams, but that's business side. 
basketball side, you can't have Mickey Loomis running head of basketball operations. It doesn't make any sense to me. To me. It's uh it does not make a single shred of sense. And you, you look at now they bring in Danny Ferry uh, as interim general manager for the remainder of 2018, 2019. How much will Ferry have to do with trade negotiations as this season comes to an end? Probably zero, unless they hire him full time. So it's gonna be Loomis. It's going to be Gail Benson who are trying to make these trades, uh, which becomes even more intriguing because you don't have a basketball mind doing it. You don't have the team uh, on top of it and, and making deals. I, Anthony Davis is a top 10 talent and you should get a huge return for him if you do decide to trade him. But this just screams of it being a continued mess into uh, the spring and summer uh, where potentially, and again, I say potentially, one of these teams may be able to get a better deal than they should because of who they're dealing with. Um, or maybe the Pelicans say flat out, hey, you're staying the entire year. We have you under contract uh, for a year. You're going to stay here. That's insane. Who knows? Do that. I, I agree, but who knows? It. I mean, unless they feel like, well, we passed up uh, a haul from the Lakers and uh, we, we didn't get what we want this summer, so we'll wait it out to the next trade deadline and see what we can get there. I mean, it's not ideal because you, you're just punting the entire 2020 season as well, 2019-2020 season as well. Um, it's not the way I would go about it. I, I think to your point about who's going to be making these negotiations, first of all, point A, if you thought Danny Ferry couldn't get a GM job again, you're wrong. <laughs> he's, he's, now he's got one again. Uh, and secondly, I think the the proper approach here would be to make sure that you go out and you get somebody like David Griffin or another well-respected up-and-coming GM or established GM, be it former or current, and have that guy come in and make negotiations. You're cleaning house effectively. So start with the GM being able to do it, whether he gets rid of Danny Ferry and everybody else on staff is fine by me, but I think you need a fresh look to come in here and say, all right, we understand the story with Davis. He's not going to be here, so I'm going to get the best return, and there you go. David Griffin well, would probably be a great candidate, by the way. It's it's weird that he's not a GM now, but uh, I think that's one way to go. I, I think it is. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I think I got your cold somehow or another. <clears throat> um, the uh, interesting thing for me uh, with Anthony Davis is if you hold on to him till next trade deadline, you've diminished your return, right? Because all of a sudden he's just Probably. a rental player. You know, like yeah. he, he's a rental contract. And obviously you're going to, wherever he goes, is going to look to be the team that he signs a long-term deal with. But it it's a mess. And it's been a mess from the jump and a mess from when uh, Rich Paul and Anthony Davis uh, leaked the idea that he wanted to be traded. Uh, it will continue to be so. I do want to turn our attention during the end but of this also, segment, also it's been a mess, Dan, because they can't, they can't even, they can't field a good team, and Anthony Davis is on their team. That's a good point. That's a good point. It is like that's a really a good point that I don't know that's been as talked about, and you've mentioned it twice, and probably needs a little bit more. Have Anthony Davis, a top five, potentially top ten talent in the NBA. You had Demarcus Cousins. I know he got hurt, um, but you haven't been able to piece together a roster that can compete. And that's on yep. ownership and, to your point, Dell Dems, the general manager, uh, hard, uh, you know, part of the reason he's probably gone. But that's a great point that, yes, Anthony Davis pushed this to the brink, but this was already you know teetering on the edge simply because New Orleans wasn't a good team. Yeah, it's not like he didn't give him a chance. I mean, you know what I mean? This yep. is his one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh season there. They can't, they've won one playoff series. He's he's 25 now. It was so he's still very young, but you know he's been in the league since he's 19. So yep, let's get the show on the road here, guys. He's gonna be 26 in a couple of weeks. 20, 26 with uh, I think 470 injuries over the course of his uh, <laughs> NBA career. I I kid I kid because I love I love watching him play. I wish he was out on the court more. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'll see how he comes back uh, after the All Star break. A bruised shoulder uh, after the MRI, so should be fine. Haven't seen any comments about him playing in the All-Star game or not, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. We'll talk about uh, the Futures game on Friday night. We'll talk about the NBA All-Star game itself. There are DFS contests out there if you are so inclined. Have fun. Have fun with it. 
make sure you are having fun, that you are not looking uh, to make a huge profit off of that. But we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Uh, it's Fantasy Sports Day. Plenty of content still to come. Major League Baseball, NFL, and uh, some talk about the future of this season in the NBA. Dan Trevor, Mike Blewett, coming back with more on the other side of this break. Fantasy Sports Radio, FNTSY. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Strafford, Mike Blewett here. Fantasy Sports Today. Sean Angle behind the glass on the ones and twos as well. Some good music to kick us off here. Talking about uh, the rest of the season in the National Basketball Association. Talk a little bit about the Futures game last night. Um, As I said, uh, going into the break, Mike, and I make the joke, but did you think, let's say, even a year ago, let's say two years ago, we would see daily fantasy sports games for not only the All-Star game itself, but the uh, Futures game, World versus the United States? Well, people will bet on anything, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> they really will. I mean, nothing ever surprises me. But like, hey, can I get odds on? If you're at a book, they'll be like, yeah, we can do that. There's, yeah, we, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, we can, we, yeah, we can, accommodate, we can accommodate, we can accommodate taking your money. So, um, as long as they feel like there's a market for it, you can bet on anything and you can even, uh, create odds. If you're a big enough player, you can create odds for yourself on certain things. Uh, but, um, uh, Kuzma wins the MVP in that one last night, dropped 35 yes, defense was at a premium last night. 161 to 144, uh, not exactly locking them down. It was not 90s basketball, no hand-checking allowed. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, the NBA All-Star game used to be really watchable and All-Star weekend. Um, but now I just keep an eye on it because it, it isn't it, it isn't real basketball. So uh, it's it's kind of well, it's uh, It's funny you say that because the, the celebrity game – was Friday night, and you, you, I'm sure remember Rock and Jock basketball, right? MTV with the, the four point mark and the 25 yeah. point basket. Give yeah, me yeah. that in the All Star game. Like, give me yeah. like a total spectacle where yeah, they can get hit really four pointers. With it. Exactly, exactly right. Let's just get nuts. Yeah, I still want to watch you of not this. playing defense. So like, let's just let's make it silly. Let's let's have exactly. a five point shot from half court that's 20 feet up in the air. Yeah, that just Steph Curry stands there the entire time and just yeah. keeps shooting from there. Yeah. Yeah, they'd have but, you'd have to limit it, you know, like you'd have to limit that so guys wouldn't be gunning for the 20 point shot right. or the 10 point well, shot. They have a 400 to 380 uh, final. That that's all. Well, if Steph fun. was if Steph was playing, yeah, you could you could you could make it work. But, so you may uh, mention Cal Kuzma wins the MVP, not a ton of defense. I think there were five total blocks, all of them by the U.S. Kuzma with one of them, Mitchell with one. Uh, you had two from Jared Allen and one from uh, Trey Young, which is intriguing to see from Young. Uh, not a ton of steals either. Uh, De'Aaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell pacing there with five apiece. You know, it's fun to see the youngsters, fun to see them uh, shining a bit here on All-Star Weekend. Kuzma, we've seen some talent uh, over his career. Um, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but, Mike, what, what did, do you take anything from All-Star Weekend at this point for the rest of the year? I don't really. I, I do think it'll be sort of an interesting thing with Anthony Davis. I, I wouldn't expect him to play, but if he pulls like what Carmelo pulled a couple of years ago and be like, yeah, I'm hurt, but I can get out there and play in the All-Star game. It's like, really? You're really hurt? You're coming out of every single one of our games and you uh, you can just go out there for the All-Star game? So that, game, so that kind of stuff is really a bigger Okay, sorry. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical issue there, so Dan's uh, coming back. But uh, for me, All-Star Weekend, typically not something that uh, is going to be a big deal. 
for me to watch. I don't think you have any particular stories that are going to be uh, more important than the other. It's it's becoming a spectacle in, in order to, uh, you know, it's it's made around the dunk contest, the three-point contest, this Rising Stars game. It's just a way for them to showcase, get some ratings. It's a big party for the NBA and all the sponsors. In fact, our very own Mike Cardano is down there. I don't know that he's partying, but he's got meetings. It's a way to conduct business uh, around the NBA. That's what a lot of these games are, If you, uh, these big events are. So whether it's the all-star game for any of the sports, particularly MLB, NBA, and NHL because they're midseason, that's a big sort of corporate fest. I've been to multiple Final Fours. It's a way in where it's a place where people go in order to conduct business in the college sports space. So, Dan, I'm just saying that in general, a lot of these all-star games, a lot of it is for corporate sponsors to get together, have a big party, showcase the league, get some business done, and move on from there. I don't think from a basketball standpoint you take much out of it anymore. No, I agree with you there, and I think it's a, a situation where a lot of the players are part of that part of that corporate entity too. You know, their brands and their yeah. uh, money and and is tied up in a lot of other ventures uh, across the way. Yeah, it's yeah. a chance for them to, you know, pump the brake a little bit on the season, have some fun, enjoy the dunk contest, enjoy the skills. LeBron competition. can hang out with Anthony Davis, right? Exactly right. Uh, they can talk. That's a real thing. Like yep. now that the players are basically negotiating contracts and tampering constantly. By the way, this is all tampering. It's just the players can't, you know, don't say anything about it. They just hang out. They have dinner. They court each other to their various teams and they end up making deals. I mean, the whole Miami Heat thing. But right, right. I mean, that was LeBron and Wade and Bosh getting together and saying, let's let's do a super team. Yep. The the banana boat crew was speculated for a while that right. there are some, uh, some pieces coming out of there. And you do still have Carmelo Anthony out there waiting to sign with someone. Just wait, folks. Just wait for the second half. Melo's yeah. going to sign somewhere. It's probably going to be the Lakers and it's going to be a mess. It's going to yeah. be a mess. And I, I wanted yeah, to talk about those Lakers, uh, Mike. We see that right now they are being projected to not make the playoffs. And now yeah. for the Lakers themselves, when you look at the roster, you say, well, it's not all that surprising. Uh, but this is a league where LeBron James has made the postseason in 13 consecutive seasons. Now it's possible he won't make them out in L.A. What what do you put? And you say you can get odds on anything. Don't necessarily need numbers. But what are the odds for you uh, that LeBron James puts the Lakers on his back here and and somehow gets them into the playoffs? Let's see, uh, I'm just doing the math right now. I mean, there are a bunch of games out right now. What is that? Five, five plus two. So you're like three and a half games out right now. Um, I I would I would imagine that LeBron is not going to let that happen. Yep. That he will. I mean, he's been out, right? So he was out for a while. So um, that obviously hurt them a whole bunch. They've lost their last two as well. Three at they've lost seven out of their last ten. So that's really the difference between them being in or out of the playoffs. I, I would suspect that LeBron gets on a little bit of a run here, even if he has to take over. Uh, and just get them to the playoffs. LeBron, now, this is one, one of the first legit injuries of LeBron's career. I know there was a, the knee injury a couple of years ago in Cleveland, but uh, I, I'll believe that that was a knee injury when I see actual proof right. medical documentation. I think LeBron was hitting the pause button because he was exhausted and sort of done with dealing with the drama of that particular team, and he ended up getting him to the finals. So... I think he's got a little bit of rest here and he'll be able to push after the all-star break and you'll see him get on a little bit of a run uh, in March in order to get them into the playoffs. Now, if the Clippers are playing really well for the rest of the year and even the Kings, it's going to make it pretty, it's going to make it tougher. But I would still say that the Lakers are in a better position than the Kings or even the Clippers. That's my personal opinion. 
The Kings have been a, a fun team to watch on the year and uh, one that uh, growing growing up before our eyes, uh, those young wh- whippersnappers out there. Yeah, well, they had to just trade DeMarcus Cousins and get rid of other pieces as their coach a couple of times. Uh, but you do have De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald's playing fairly well. Uh, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, Marvin Bagley, when he is not injured, uh, is playing well as well. And they're on the outside looking they're in. They're good young players. Good young um, yeah. players. And it's 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 still the same. Uh, LeBron leaves uh, the East. The East has uh, two teams under 500 uh, in the seventh and eighth spot. Uh, underwhelming Hornets and underwhelming Pistons uh, therein. Uh, and you do have the Tankers, of course, with the Knicks uh, and the Phoenix Suns going uh, at it. The Knicks try won to get the them. other night. Yeah, they they beat doing? the Hawks. So uh, three of the Knicks' 11 wins on the season have come against the Atlanta Hawks. Well, it says everything they need to know about both teams. Yeah, and the Hawks have 19 wins. They're eight games ahead of New York somehow or another. But uh, this is the whole tank for uh, Zion Williamson, or at least that is the theory. Uh, you do have to remember that uh, lottery percentages have changed this year. So it's yeah. even across the top three. Uh, so it could be that the Knicks or Suns tank and have the worst record in the league and still don't have the best opportunity to get the number one overall pick. Um, but yeah. that'll be a continuing. Knicks, Suns, Cavs. That that's that's your most likely bottom three. Uh, you throw the Bulls in there. Uh, it's really nobody else. So it's three of those four teams that will have the top percentage. Um, but uh, the Knicks. If you look at the Knicks schedule, I mean, they're obviously not better than any of the teams that they're going to play for the rest of the season. So um, they may hold pretty tight at 11 or 12 wins. Yeah, they lost 17 in a row before losing. Uh, sorry, before winning, which is a loss in the Knicks book right now, but before winning uh, against Atlanta uh, before the uh, break started. On the uh, winning side of the ledger, I guess it all comes down to. By the way, the Knicks have not won a home game. Yep. Oh, it's since December first. There, uh, there's a, a Twitter follow uh, follow of mine who's a big college uh, basketball guy, Adam Zagoria, uh, who does a, a blog on college basketball and has done it for ages. But he, he's a New York City writer, and he does uh, the running list, which many have now, of all the teams that have won at MSG since the last yeah. time the Knicks have won, and it's multiple sure. hockey teams, it's multiple bas- NBA teams, dog. multiple college teams. The dog in the Westminster Dog oh, Show. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> the king, king, the the wire fox terrier. They showed it the other night. Oh, uh, so he had good. another win for somebody. So I'm sure there'll be a rodeo there. There'll be a tennis tournament there before they get a home win. Uh, so fantastic. Uh, and uh, as a Knicks fan, you watch Ian Williamson in college and you think of all the things that can be, but all the ways the Knicks can screw it up too. So uh, that is. I'm not counting on it. I'm a Knicks fan, yeah, and I'm, I'm with ready you. to be. I'm ready to be done, but I don't think Zion's going to come here. Nope, uh, he's going to end up in Phoenix or Cleveland. God help me, Cleveland. And listen, RJ I mean, Barrett's a talent, but that's the Knicks are getting RJ Barrett. Like that's that's. I'm okay that's with that. Happening. By the way, I'm not guaranteed that Zion is the next LeBron. That's not a guarantee. Right. He plays basketball like it's it's unbelievable. It's like a a locomotive on the court, which is great. But he can't play like that in the NBA. It's got to be more well-rounded. It doesn't mean he won't be really good, but you can't count on guys to be the next LeBron. That's just aiming way too high. He doesn't have that skill set. He's not a point guard. Like LeBron's effectively the best point guard that ever lived. So Zion isn't that. You know who's Zion's body frame? Not saying his skill set. His he remind he looks like Anthony Mason out there. He just looks like this hulking power forward. I get yeah, it, though. but just like the the brickness of his his being, uh, really. The I'm sure everyone saw the block, uh, that he had, which against what was it, Virginia, um, the the slow gather and the low pass, but it was an insane athletic feat. I do want to turn towards maybe I did watch him play, end. watch him come back from Louisville the other night. Oh, that was that amazing, was an absurd comeback. You know, twenty six well, points down. So that was one uh, of those games, Mike, where you felt you felt the momentum changing. Like you felt Louisville just hoping not to lose Crumbled. halfway through yeah. that comeback, and they just fell they apart. Crumbled. And they they started thinking, "Oh, we can't uh, don't make don't make a bad pass, don't take a bad shot," and they just kept getting worse and worse as the game went on. It happened From in the, nine and a half minutes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely insane. They blew a twenty six uh, point lead in nine and a half minutes, and they're good positive side of the ledger or maybe negative depending on how you look at the NBA finals do you see a team after the trade deadline and heading into the all-star break that can compete with the Golden State Warriors whether out of the west 
or now, I mean, hey, Markeith Morris is in Oklahoma City. I'm I'm a I'm a Markeith Morris stand, so uh, they're they're primed to make a run. But uh, do you have any team that you think has the upside to compete with the Golden State Warriors and make the NBA Finals or the Western Conference Finals, wherever you think that team is, uh, competitive and potentially a downside for Golden State? It's really only, it's really only the Thunder to me and I don't think they can do it but if you look at the other teams um, I think the Rockets were in a better position obviously last year than they are this year Um, I just don't see them doing it it would only be the Thunder because they have two stars that could take over um, and really compete against the Warriors stars but I wouldn't suspect it and I don't think the Bucks are ready to are ready for prime time. Do you want to say Toronto? You think Toronto Maybe. can really give them a run in a seven game series? They I like Kawhi, the addition of Gasol. So, I like the yeah. addition of Gasol, but centers don't do well against the Warriors. Yeah, it's just they yeah. take them out of most games because of the way they run their lineups. Yeah, Stephen Adams though. Stephen Adams has been interesting because he he's always been a problem for the Warriors, which is why. I, I, the Thunder are intriguing to me, and I know they couldn't do it with Durant and Westbrook, and now Durant's on the other team. But um, Paul George is having an MVP season. Westbrook is obviously ripping off triple doubles, and Stephen Adams does give Draymond problems. Um, so that's why I say the Thunder. If I had to pick one team that would knock them off, it would be them, but I don't expect it. Yep, uh, that that makes a ton of sense. I think uh, from the East, you're going to have people talk uh, Raptors and Bucks, and I think the Bucks are an intriguing team simply because of the X factor that is Giannis and Teddy Gombo. Uh, you, you can make cases there that he has a skill set uh, that could be intriguing if uh, you do have uh, the right pieces in the lineup as they uh, move Do you think forward. Toronto or Milwaukee comes out of the East, though? It's see that's the interesting thing. I, I Boston, think Philly, Milwaukee's Sanders. the better team. Like I, I think Milwaukee's the better team right now, defensively, offensively. They have a lot of pieces. I think Toronto wins though, and I know that doesn't you know shake really, uh, but it feels as though that's the 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 way it's going to shake out. That you're just not going to have enough Giannis for the, the against Kawhi. That's going to be a fun one to watch though. I want to see the Pacers drop into the sixth seed uh, or the fifth seed. Because I don't want to see Boston and Philly play each other in the first round. They're tied right now at the All-Star break, 37-21. and Uh, They're the four and the five seed. I I don't want to see them play in the first round. I want to see see that that matchup potentially down the road. I know it could could not happen. So four and five is a way to guarantee it. But uh, the the Oladipo-less Pacers need to drop back a little bit. Well, Wes Matthews is going to try to make a difference there for... uh... Indiana. We have more to get to here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up, we'll talk some Major League Baseball. Have NFL in our third hour as well, leaning up to 11 o'clock. Dan Strafford, Mike Fluitt, Fantasy Sports Today right here on FNTSY.